Hello and welcome to the On-Call Consults in Less Than 10 Minutes series on ENT in a Nutshell, a compliment to Headmere's Online Survival Guide. I'm your host, Will Dattar, and today we are joined by Dr. Matt Carlson, a board-certified neurotologist. In this episode, we will cover your foreign bodies. Let's jump right in. Young children and patients with developmental delay are the most common patients to present with ear foreign bodies, though occasionally you will see adults with insects or accidental placements or lodged hearing aid components. Timely diagnosis and treatment is imperative to prevent infection and morbidity. Dr. Carlson, can you tell us about the differential diagnosis? Yeah, so uh, in most situations, on the differential diagnosis would be a you know, firm cerumen impaction. When a foreign body has been present for long enough, it'll uh, result in oftentimes a smelly odorrhea. So any other condition that can that can result in odorrhea is technically on your differential diagnosis. So this would include otitis externa or otitis media with perforation, chronic otitis media, and even temporal bone malignancy. And what are some of the risk factors or predisposing uh, conditions? Yeah, so young patients are more likely to place uh, foreign bodies in their ear canal uh, compared to adults, of course. You may have a mentally disabled uh, adult. And then hearing aid users, uh, less commonly, but it definitely, it definitely occurs where a component of their hearing aid might fall medially unbeknownst to them, such as the dome of their hearing aid. And what history do we need to take for these patients? Uh, you'll ask about the timing of the event, the chronicity, or how long the drainage has been present whether they had witnessed or unwitnessed placement of an object, the type of object if known, the mechanism of injury. So most of the time we're talking about just placement of a foreign body in the ear canal, such as a small rock kernel seed or bead or something like that. But you can have foreign bodies uh, from other mechanisms such as explosion, blast injury, slag from welding, et cetera. Uh, You'll wanna ask about a prior ear history and then associated symptoms, including pain, otorrhea, hearing loss, and dizziness. And what uh, key supplies should we bring when seeing these consults? So the key supplies for consultation include uh, an otoscope, loops and headlight for visualization. Ideally, if you have access to an otologic microscope, it's uh, very helpful in this situation. Usually this isn't available in the emergency department setting, but sometimes off floor or somewhere else in the institution, it might be available. You'll want to bring an assortment of right angle hooks, loop curettes, alligator and cup forceps, assortment of suctions, and then also your ear speculums. Right angle hooks are particularly beneficial for round objects, uh, such as a popcorn kernel or a small bead, where you'll advance the hook just beyond the object and then pull back and be able to deliver it. And then for flat objects, an alligator or cups forceps uh, are uh, nice tools to pull the foreign body out. Great, and can you tell us about the physical examination? Yeah, so the goal of your physical examination is to clean any surrounding debris, visualize the potential foreign body, remove the foreign body, and then lastly, evaluate for any associated trauma, both you know just abrasions or swelling of the ear canal, but also tympanic membrane perforation or injury. In general, particularly for younger children or adults with developmental delay, you'll often only get one good look. And many times by the time you've seen them, they've already had multiple attempts by other providers, either at the same institution or being referred in. And so you'll want to have all your tools with you and be prepared to do what you need to, to, to remove the foreign body. It's often really beneficial to build up as much rapport with the patient you can, as you can. And they might even have uh, the institution you're at may have child life specialists that can also help you build this rapport with the patient, which makes it more likely for you to retrieve the object on your first go.
It's also good to look at the contralateral ear and no, and also the nose for other foreign bodies to look for a multiple offender. And then um, depending on the patient and their uh, symptoms uh, and the way in which they present, on an adult who's uh, able to verbalize their symptoms, you might, and who reports nystagmus or something else from uh, a more aggressive placement of a foreign body from like explosion or et cetera, you might want to do a tuning fork examination, look for nystagmus. If they have sensory hearing loss or nystagmus, you might be concerned for uh, state subluxation or inner ear injury. And what diagnostic workup do you order? So typically imaging is generally not indicated unless there's a high-risk mechanism, such as a ballistic injury explosion or concerning symptoms such as vertigo or nystagmus, sensory neural hearing loss, excessive bleeding, or facial nerve injury. And also generally laboratory testing is not indicated in most situations. And can you walk us through the acute treatment? So again, if you can get your hands on an otologic microscope, it'll be very beneficial. You wanted to develop a plan for how you're going to remove it. Again, oftentimes you have to really work on building rapport with the patient, particularly if it's a pediatric patient or someone with developmental delay. Uh, and you'll want to make your first try your best try. Um, as alluded to earlier, if it's a smooth object, round object, it's best to use something with the right angle and pass it just beyond it and pull back on it. You know, it's tempting to use a suction to try to pull it out. And if it's a very lateral object in the meatus, you might be able to do that, but it's very difficult to, for a suction to pull a lodged round object that's more medially placed out successfully. Uh, you'll, you can use alligator cups or micro cups uh, for flatter objects that can be directly grasped. And then if you see a live insect in the ear canal, which is uncommon, but can happen, uh, you'll want to, if it's still alive, you're going to want to kill it prior to removal in most situations. And you could do that by drowning it in mineral oil or 1% lidocaine, which also has uh, the benefit of uh, an anesthetic uh, for the patient. And what medical therapy do you order? So um, if you if it's uh, caught early and removed atraumatically, there's probably going to be really no significant trauma or irritation in the ear canal, and you can discharge the patient uh, without any topical or medical therapy. But more commonly, the, the foreign body has been present for some period of time. There's some degree of, of edema in the ear canal, perhaps small ear canal laceration or tympanic membrane irritation. In those situations, it's not a bad idea to uh, prescribe a short course of a ototopical eardrop with a steroid to help aid in, uh, in recovery. So in, in what situations would you consider going to the OR using uh, procedural sedation? So in most situations, uh, if done properly, you can retrieve the foreign body in uh, younger children, uh, developmentally delayed adults, um, and then, of course, very compliant adults. It's very straightforward in almost all situations. But there are some situations where it is difficult, and it's particularly in the situation of a very young child that's had multiple attempts at removal where they're just not going to let you get a good look. If you're highly suspicious of a foreign body and you can't get it out, um, you may have to perform uh procedural sedation in the emergency department if uh, it's possible to do so, or take the patient to the operating room. If you take the patient to the operating room, typically it can be done very quickly and safely under a mask anesthetic. You always want to ask about the MPO status, whether it's uh, going to the OR or uh, procedural sedation in the emergency department. Okay. And what disposition do you recommend? So mostly patients are able to be discharged. It's very rare that a patient with an external auditory canal foreign body will be uh, need to be admitted, uh, at least for routine uh, foreign bodies, as long as they're removed and without significant trauma. 
Um, typically, you'll consider out, an outpatient visit two to four weeks afterwards. Um, if you were able to remove it very early after placement, and it was just something very, uh, located very lateral in the meatus and there's no trauma, you probably don't need any follow-up or you could have them follow up with their primary care physician. But more commonly, if it's medially located, if there's any sort of ear canal trauma, um, it's better probably to see them back at least at one time, two to four weeks to make sure that the swelling is getting better. And also at that time when the swelling has gone down, you can more accurately assess for any potential trauma to, to the tympanic membrane, et cetera. So good to see them back at least one time, in my opinion. And then if there's any persistent hearing loss that's suspected or endorsed by the patient, an audiogram is probably good to obtain about two to three months after the event to make sure there's no persistent deficit. With regard to patient counseling, again, if it's uh, removed very early and minimal trauma, generally no precautions are required. But uh, for, for the other patient that has more maceration, a little bit of trauma and edema, you'll want them to observe dry ear precautions alongside their topical eardrops. So that concludes our Ear Foreign Bodies episode. For on-call consults in less than 10 minutes, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks.